Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Valuing Cornstalk Bales. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Ben Beckman, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Thanks for joining me today, Ben. Glad to be here, Aaron. Ben, the dry conditions we've had across much of the state have resulted in reduced forage production, both from a pasture and a harvested hay standpoint. This is prompting some folks to look at, I think in particular, irrigated corn stalks and think about, is there an opportunity to bale those and utilize those as a feed resource? In this article, you walk through some things that you think that producers really should think through and consider as they evaluate that option. Give us some perspective on what you think are some key things producers need to pay attention to as they evaluate the value of cornstalk bales. When we look at especially a lower value resource like this, Aaron, um, you know, cornstalk bales or or even really low value uh, prairie hay, it's a lot of times really difficult to put a, a good price on that. And what we tried to do in this article is just, like you said, walk through some of those different things to consider and, and look at from both a production standpoint. So what's the cost of that to the person that's producing those crop residue bales, those corn stock bales? And then what might we place a value on the feed benefit of introducing something like that into a, a diet? To start out with, um, like I said, we kind of want to look at what the cost of the production of that bale is because uh, just removing crop residue from our cornfield is going to uh, put a little bit of a strain on that system from the labor that we're putting into that, uh, from the equipment. Uh, it's a lot harder on our equipment to bale up and to you know rake up or uh, gather up corn stalks and, and put those into a, a bale so we can actually utilize them instead of grazing them. And then just the cost of the nutrients that are being removed from that system, um, especially in a lot of our you know, corn production areas, we're really pushing the envelope um, on our fertility a lot of times. And so if we're removing some of the nutrients that might naturally go back into that system, some of the organic matter, um, we need to take that into account too. And so we kind of walked through this looking at current fertilizer prices when we're removing nutrients, um, we're removing mostly nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, and sulfur. Uh, We can kind of have a little bit of a range in that. We were looking at three to $5 per ton of residue removed. We also have some environmental services, we can call those, um, that that residue that cover provides, uh, whether that's just having that cover on the ground to uh, increase moisture holding, um, the organic matter that that provides, and just the uh, reduced reduction in erosion that we have when we have more cover on the ground, uh, we need to take those into account. And those are really some difficult things to kind of wrap a, a true price around when we start looking at those environmental services. Um, but a couple of studies out of the University of Nebraska kind of base those about uh, 10 to 20 or 10 to 12 dollars per ton when we remove those and then we again have to look at the labor and the equipment costs that we have in actually putting up those bales and we can put that at about 25 to 20 dollars a ton and so after we add all that up we're looking at the actual cost of producing those bales of you know 42 dollars to 33 dollars a ton roughly there's always going to be other variables that we need to uh, account for uh, that but that kind of gives us a a starting point when we look at what the actual cost of producing a bale is. And again, that's a per ton number, not 
per bale. Uh, your you know bale weight will vary and, and be a little bit different. So that's on a, a per ton basis. We also look at corn stock bales and we think about what's the nutrient value that's there as we think about the energy and protein. That's, as you said early in our discussion, is often a lower quality type product. Give some perspective on what we might expect to see in a corn stock bale in terms of protein and energy. So when we looked from that side of things, uh, we're using these bales kind of as a, a filler. We're not seeing a ton of protein content. Um, the energy requirements, if we just fed that straight, probably aren't even going to meet uh, or they'll be really close to meeting maybe a, a dry cow's energy requirements, but aren't quite there to, to meeting those even. So uh, we need to add some additional uh, protein and energy into our diets when we're looking at using something like a, a crop residue bale. Um, which is different than if we look at grazing corn stalks because uh, a lot of times animals are going to be a lot more selective when they're actually out grazing and they're able to pick up the higher quality pieces. When we're feeding in a, a diet or we're just providing a bale, uh, animals, you know, a lot of times aren't as picky as, as when they are out actually grazing. Um, so when we look at crop residues, we're probably, even if we're selecting the highest quality that we can, just picking up those two to three rows behind the combine, um, we might be reaching around. 5% crude protein, uh, up to 45% um, TDN on those. And so, like we mentioned there, Aaron, probably a lower quality diet. Um, we need to utilize those into a ration. And when we looked at putting a, a value on that then, um, I kind of relied on some work that was done by Dr. William Edwards at uh, Iowa State. He's an egg economist, and he kind of broke this down by looking at how do we fit this into a ration and what can we replace um, value-wise uh, into an already existing ration. And so for his example, he took a typical uh, alfalfa brome grass hay and a dried distiller's grain and used that as his base ration and then modified it um, by taking out some of that hay, adding in, you know, your crop residue, your corn stock bale, and increasing the dried distiller's grains uh, to compensate for the increase in protein requirement that we needed. And by doing that, we were able to kind of put a value on things because we have a value for what hay is. Um, we know what that distiller's grain cost is going to be. And so we can uh, adjust things on how much basically we're saving by introducing that corn stock bale into that ration. Uh, the only other thing that we need to account for, and that is uh, if we're feeding a corn stock bale, um, we're probably going to have to grind that up in order to um, increase the amount that the animal actually eats. And, and we don't have the refusal um, levels as high as if we just fed that straight. And so we need to uh, account whatever cost that's going to be of grinding in there. And when by the time we um, add all that up, we kind of got ourselves around to a uh, $67.80 um, per ton value of that corn stock bale by the end of the cost of grinding it and then looking at what it actually adds to that ration. Ben, that's also based off of valuing that alfalfa grass hay somewhere around $100 a ton and distiller's grains at $160 per ton. So those are some comparable feeds that we would substitute in uh, for corn stock bales and what they're valued at today. Is that correct? That's correct. And um, like I said, if we you go on to this beef watch article you can kind of see we tried to lay out how we went through that calculation and so uh, if you have grass hay that's higher or lower or you're getting distillers grains that are going to be um, you know a higher or lower cost 
you can substitute those actual costs in and figure out exactly what the value for your situation that that bale can be. Um, and, and you can also adjust, we have costs for grinding in there too that can be adjusted as well. Of course, the real driver as we think about corn stock bales is what can I sell it for or what do I have to pay for it? And, you know, I think that's an economic situation that's going to vary depending on where you're at in the state and what other comparable feeds are available. That's a great point, Aaron. And some of the reason that we kind of went through this article um, and, and walked through this process is there's a lot of variables when you really sit down and start trying to put a, a price on some of these things. And so if we're, you know, selling bales from our operation, um, figuring out what that exact cost is, you know, even if we're using them into our operation, we need to split that out accordingly and, and be putting the cost on our, you know, crop production side of things, um, paying a fair value for, you know, what that is when we actually feed those to our animals. And so I kind of look at this as a little bit of a, a exercise that um, we can use throughout the year or year to year to kind of see as we adjust costs on different things, is it worth, um, you know, purchasing bales? Is it worth selling corn stock bales? Um, and to help make that decision process a little bit easier and, and make it a little bit more actually tangible instead of trying to guess uh, where we're sitting at market value wise and if it's actually worth purchasing or producing corn stock bales. I think that's a great point, Ben. And early on, you talked about the fertilizer or nutrient value that's being removed from that field. You know, if we're using those bales internally and we're able to take the manure from the animals that were fed back out and apply it to the field, we're going to capture quite a bit of that nutrient back. But if those bales are leaving the place, uh, that nutrient value, the fertilizer value that's there is leaving. Uh, same thing as we think about if we go out and buy those bales and bring them in, we're not bringing in a lot of nutrient value, but there's still some value there. And so that's something I think also just to think about as we evaluate what we do in terms of harvesting corn stock bales, selling those off the place or uh, buying in other feeds as well. It's a great point, Aaron. And for this article, we try to keep things, you know, somewhat basic and, and walk through some of the variables, but there's always, uh, you know, additional costs, additional value that we can place onto different things. And so, um, you know, if you're going through this decision-making process and you think of something that, you know, wasn't mentioned in this, this article or that didn't get brought up, uh, you know, make sure that that gets added on to either the cost or the value side and uh, that we're actually accounting for the full cost and value. I think that's, again, one of the more difficult things is to wrap our head around um, all of the different costs and, and different things that go into producing the bale or all the different benefits that we're actually getting when we um, introduce a cornstalk bale into our diet. And so, um, like I said, this is a, a starting point for producers to use as kind of a, a management tool to uh, start working off of. But there's, you know, we have to take into consideration shipping costs if we're bringing bales from a long way and we need to pay for that. Um, like you said, the nutrient values that we're bringing onto our operation uh, or, or that are leaving or if we're having to spread manure um, and the cost of and labor of that, if that's how we're getting those nutrients back out onto the field, you know, things get all complicated really fast. And so wrapping our mind around um, all of those different services and, and costs and things can be a little bit difficult, but hopefully this helps make a little bit of a pathway to, to um, start figuring those out. Thanks again for joining me today, Ben. Glad to be here, Aaron.
Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article discussed today was Valuing Corn Stock Bales. Also at the Beef website, there's a number of resources related to utilizing and feeding corn stock bales. Uh, Dr. Murray Dronowski has also done some work that's available through the Beef Report looking at ammoniating corn stock bales and the impact of that in terms of improving quality and also digestibility of that feed.